Good morning. It is Wednesday, February 21st, six minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I got a text last night that I want to share with you. Oh, how exciting. That's how we're going to start off the show with my personal and private communication. Oh, my goodness. Although I don't know how private it was. Like a a dime store novel going to play out right here in front of us. The dude got the same exact text. Oh, boy. Well, that's even more disappointing or intriguing. I don't know. One of the two. (laughs) It says, hi, Casey. Nikki Haley will be in Grand Rapids for a rally at Amway Grand Plaza next Monday, February 26th at 1230, and she wants you to join her there. I love that they still have you as a Michigan voter for some reason, so you get all the... The Michigan correspondence. <laughs> it's like you're in some little world you're not supposed to be in. I'm and, on a list. And nobody knows it. Right. Well, what, here's what's interesting. So last night, we, I was watching the uh, the basketball games on the on the Peacock. The mm-hmm. Big Ten, has, I think Tuesdays and Thursdays, they have Big Ten basketball games on Peacock. And for some reason, they were recognizing us as being North Carolina oh. people because we were getting all sorts of North Carolina political ads. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I was eating this up. Yeah. But I'm like, if I'm a... If I'm this guy who's paying for these ads, it's I'm me. a little honked off because I live in Indiana. And you I'm can't not- vote for that guy. <laughs> uh, it says uh, you have a choice. Do you want four more years of the chaos and drama of the past, or do you do you want to move forward with a new generation of conservative leadership? Oh. Don't miss the opportunity to hear directly from Nikki about her plan to make America strong and proud before you before you vote the next day. Um, okay, well, I won't be voting the next day, you, not in Grand Rapids. Can you think of anything more boring than going and seeing Nikki Haley in person? Well, here's the thing. I already heard directly from her when she had her <laughs> speech last night. Did you? Her, did her you wa- state of the race update? Did you watch any of this? I watched it on the internet. Because, well, okay, so she must have given more than one because Tony Katz was mm-hmm. playing some of this from something she when I was driving home yesterday. And I don't know, maybe she was giving a bunch of them. Maybe she's doing multiple campaigns. Well, it happened in the afternoon. Okay, very good. So this is the same thing. All right. So I'm listening to this in real, I guess it's real time as Tony's playing and then he's doing some commentary and playing it again. And it is like, and, and you know my theory, Casey, anybody who is eligible to run for public office should totally 100% run. You know me, I'm a big proponent of more people being involved in the political process. Now, look, you should totally 100% always fill out your campaign finance forms in an honest and forthright fashion. Maybe we'll get into that here in the coming days. But um, as long as you're playing by all the rules, um, you we need more people involved. So I'm never like, get out of the race, lady. But you're listening to this going, do you believe the bull that you're selling? Do you are you buying this? I think she does believe the bull that she's selling and Do I, you think so? I well either that or she's getting a lot of pressure from her donors. You as to a woman stay in. you have been in management in an industry dominated by men. So if anybody could spot a liar mm-hmm. coming at them from a mile away it would be you mm-hmm. and you believe that in her mind yeah. she still thinks there's some sort of path for her to win the pre- the I don't know if she thinks that there's a path to win, but I think she thinks she's doing uh, an intentional, like she's got an objective, and that's why she's staying. What in. is the objective, though? Well, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Is it to win the presidency, or is it to split voters? Is she hoping that Donald Trump will not be eligible? To officially run? I mean, there's there's many different things people are saying. Because normally, like, okay, with Chris Christie, you understood, even though he was going to say it out loud, it was pretty clear if you let him talk long enough, his job was to make Donald Trump's life miserable. That's right. why I'm here. He was in it to troll. There are, you know, 
people get into politics or stay in politics for a or a race or whatever for a variety of reasons, even maybe long after there was any conceivable chance. Like I've always said, if I was if I w- suffered a head injury or amnesia or you know somehow could be conned into mm-hmm. swindled into running for politics again, let's say as governor of the state of Indiana, I would probably do it as a libertarian, just because the game of reasonable expectation would be. I don't have to win. I can just burn the whole thing to the ground. And I think with my name and notoriety and the amount of money I'd be able to raise, I wouldn't be able to win. But, man, I could make the Republicans' life a living hell for an entire year. You'd make some people squirm. There would be no – I mean, I would get you know 20% of the vote, and it would be the most fun thing ever, <laughs> and we would just make them miserable. But that would be my game of reasonable expectations. Mm-hmm. It's like Rocky. I'm not answering the bell, but you ain't answering the bell either, buddy. But with her mm-hmm. – so – you can't win. There's no way you're going to win. And if your goal is not just to, I mean, you're clearly not setting up. She's no longer setting up for a vice presidential pick. She's cl- clearly not going to be in the cabinet again going forward. You're just pissing Trump off. What is the, what is the end game for you by what you're trying to do here? Because you can't win. You're not going to the cabinet. You're not going to be vice president. You're just making everybody mad. What are you looking for? I, I don't, I honestly don't know what her end game is. I get the impression that she is very purposeful. She has a reason that she's staying in the game, whether she's waiting it out. She raised $16.5 million uh, in January. She's getting pressure from her donors. She thinks she's going to split the ticket. I mean, Vivek is saying she's a, a plant. You know, but a plant for what? To boost Biden, you know, how, but, how, the, but, but how is the this, Republican vote? But this is okay. But this is my question that no, and I, I get like we're identifying there's some reason she's staying in. You and I are in full agreement mm-hmm. that there's a reason she's staying in. We have identified that that thing is existing. But what that thing is, no one can answer. And I listened to, I, you know, whatever that drive home is, 30 minutes, you know, for me to get home yesterday. And a whole bunch of that segment was Tony playing her speech. And I'm listening to this going, I don't get it. Well, there's also the option that she actually believes she is the best choice and can lead America. There is that option. Well, I yeah, okay, <laughs> maybe we'll start from that one and work our way forward, Casey. Maybe I made a huge mistake not starting there moving forward. Um yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, she uh she definitely said that she is uh staying in the speed, staying in the race and during her speech, uh she said, I know many of you people thought that I was going to drop out, but that's not the case. Some of you, perhaps a few of you in the media, came here today to see if I'm dropping out of the race. Well, I'm not. Okay, um, here's a theory, all right? Mm -hmm. And I always love during our show, I get barraged by... uh, our fabulous listeners, the things we're saying in real time, which is crazy because I'm always told nobody listens. Somebody must be listening. Somebody's plural. What if, let's just put the tinfoil hat. I wish Hammer was here to pass me the tinfoil hat. Mm -hmm. This was one of the things somebody threw out to me. Okay. What if she's been told by the power brokers of the party, Mm -hmm. there's no way we're going to let Trump be the nominee. And if you can accrue enough votes or enough delegates or whatever, by the time we enter convention, then the argument is not only, hey, you're a woman and you can beat Biden, but you also got the most delegates and you were the person who stayed in. Is that a possibility? Is that what we're missing here? It's the waiting game. She's waiting it out to the... 
I don't know. That's I mean, that's as logical as her thinking she can win. Yeah. I mean, it's far more likely that clearly she's... she has somebody whispering in her ear. Yes. Um, here she is crying during the speech. <laughs> I wish Michael was here today, and I wish our children and I could see him tonight, but we can't. He's serving on the other side of the world, where conflict is the norm where terrorists hide among the innocent, where Iran's terrorist proxies are now attacking American troops. This is Michael's second deployment. It was hard for us to say goodbye to him the first time when he deployed to Afghanistan. It was even harder last summer when he deployed to Africa. As every military family knows, when a loved one deploys, we start the year-long prayer. Okay, so um, she raised a million dollars in 48 hours after Trump attacked her husband's military service. Yeah, that was- So a- the cynic in me says, somebody saying, hey, oh, that's polling really well. Well, no doubt. I mean, she's, a, poli- she's a political animal, yeah. and no doubt that she's going to utilize that to the best of her you know, extent. I, I mean, I- do you Look, want your president crying, though? Well, this is the... This, okay, so remember... Regardless this, of the reason. Well, Jason, this is what I'm going to say. Remember when Hillary did this, mm-hmm. and it didn't work out the way she thought it was going to work out, because I agree with you... And look, uh, this is unfair, but women are, uh, you know, stigmatized or whatever in positions of authority still in many cases. And I tend to agree with you on that, that I don't think that works the way you think it's going to work, mm-hmm. because, yes, there is an idea of you showing emotion about your husband, but everybody knows you're not super close to your husband. Now, I have the things that have been reported out there, mm-hmm. are they true? Mm-hmm. Who knows? However, it's pretty pretty clear, you know, this is not the leave it to beaver family that is going on between you guys right now. And you're right, she's a woman, so you're already kind of unfairly you know, stigmatized anyway, mm-hmm. and now you're crying, mm-hmm. and now is that a sign of weakness, and is that really what you want? on a world stage that's an interesting point jason i'd like to point out jason made the point so if we get in trouble for that Mm -hmm. it was jason who made the point i'm simply responding to the point he made second point is she's not likable and she's becoming very much unlikable to republican voters she is that's all i got you're a woman (laughs) you are a woman so Mm -hmm. you're the perfect person to say this if i say don't get in trouble she Mm -hmm. is wholly unlikable yeah she's it it doesn't come across well and i was going to mention that she appears weak when she cries on stage, if you had a man doing that, yeah, I, what sort of reaction would you get from that? Yeah. You would get eye rolling and oh no. I mean, that's what I texted you yesterday yeah. uh, when that started happening. Was oh no, yeah. like you can't do that. Um, so and, and and for the record, you know, I'm totally fine with women being in charge. Uh, you're in charge of this show. Mock was in charge before you. I'm totally, this is not, hey, women shouldn't be leading stuff, but the reality is that looked real, that does look really weak. Right, it does. And here she is saying that Donald Trump, oh, we have to take a break. Yeah. Let me Yeah, let we me, do. Why don't we, what do we do when we come back? Okay. We can make fun of Nikki Haley some more when we come back. Okay. <laughs> we, we need to do that because we've got more. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC.
22 minutes after 9 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Polls indicating that Donald Trump is on track to win the upcoming primary in South Carolina, which is Nikki Haley's home state. Of course, she had that state of the race address yesterday, and in it she's questioning uh, why Donald Trump is still in the race when he's doing so bad. Despite being a de facto incumbent, Donald Trump lost 49% of the vote in Iowa. In New Hampshire, Trump lost 46% of the vote. That's not good. Okay. So wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So that means he would have got 51% in Iowa. Mm -hmm. Well, there were still, keep in mind, in Iowa, there were still like nine people running. And then that means he would have got 54% in New Hampshire. He got over 50% in both states with multiple, with what, I mean, there were other people on the ballot there, with DeSantis still on the ballot, et cetera. So what is the, that's her argument? She finished third in Iowa, second in New Hampshire, and lost to none of these candidates in the Nevada primary. And she's talking about his numbers. Now, here she is going on during this state of the race address when she is saying that Donald Trump is at risk of dementia. We're talking about the most demanding job in human history. Uh huh. Better not cry. You don't give it to someone who's at risk of dementia. You give it to someone who's disciplined, someone who can work day and night for eight straight years. Here's what's fascinating about, and we have used this example before, but it's even more extreme now because everybody else is out of the race. Mm -hmm. It is like attempting, if you're a man and you're, you're attempting to court a woman and you're better looking and you've got a better head of hair and you've got a better job and you make more money like everything on paper that you're saying is probably actually correct in terms of why you would be the better choice for this woman but she just likes the bald guy with the leather jacket and the nice uh harley right so like it doesn't matter that yes, on paper, you would be a markedly better choice as a partner for this person. And it's in no way to insult anybody that has a Harley or anything else. I'm just saying like on paper, you might look at the resumes and go, that's probably, you know, maybe going to be a better, a better choice for me. But it doesn't matter because the woman in question wants the guy with the criminal record. She likes the bad boys. She <laughs> likes the guy that she knows is going to let her down and break her heart because it's going to be a wild three-month ride in between, Casey. And that is the case Nikki Haley is trying to make. Yes, in terms of a general election, Nikki Haley probably shapes up markedly better than Donald Trump. Tony has said this many times. It's absolutely true. Donald Trump is going to be a heavy lift, an incredibly heavy lift to get across the finish line in the general election. But we're not there right now. And you are talking to people who want the bad boy. The voting base of the Republican Party, they want the bad boy. And, like, this is over. The case has been made. Move on to a different woman. But she's not moving on. And her saying that Trump is a risk of, you know, he's at risk of dementia. Well, is she at risk of having a breakdown? Is is she a risk of betrayal? I would say so. Let's let's play a flashback, shall we? I told them that if they would do this, 
that South Carolina would wrap their arms around them and take care of them. I now officially work for you. There is nothing that you can need that we won't make sure that we deliver in South Carolina. So that was her back in 2012 when she brought a Chinese corporation to South Carolina where they acquired 20 acres of land. And she's standing beside a Chinese flag telling the Chinese executives, I now officially work for you. I've said this before. I know we got to get to the news. But I saw one of the very, la- very last Lincoln Day dinners mm-hmm. or fall dinners or whatever they're called. It was the state party dinner. It wasn't a Lincoln Day. There was a state party dinner. You have two of them a year, spring and a fall. One of the very last ones that I was invited to before I was put on a permanent ban list was in 2015. And she was the speaker. It was the fall of 2015. Yes, that would be right. Fall of 2015. She was the speaker. And nine years ago, Casey, I remember sitting in that thing. And I got in big trouble because I said it out loud that she was one of the most unlikable, insufferable, never Trumper sea hags I had ever heard in my entire life. And that was nine years ago. And nothing has changed based on the audio you've played here today. It is Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 933 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hello. Do you see me? I'm trying to move things with my mind. Hey, real quick before we get into whatever shenanigans you're about to pull here. Yeah. Can I just mention that you sent me a video yesterday? (laughs) Now, this goes back to something we had talked about a couple days ago about um, during the All-Star game, Mm -hmm. Hammer and I were just bored out of our minds due to the lack of defense and effort. Yeah. And we got into a debate on who would win a three-point contest, you or Tony Katz. Right. And then we had people vote online at Rob M. Kendall. And uh, you overwhelmingly won the contest because we said, look, you have a basketball background. You played high school basketball. Your Mm -hmm. daughter's very athletic. Mm -hmm. And Tony Katz was kind of dismissive, I thought, of your basketball prowess. He was. And so you sent me a video yesterday of yourself in the Emmis Building Gym, which is where we're still located, even though we're owned by uh, Urban One now. They and, haven't locked us out yet. Yeah, you can still get into the gym, and J- I think Jason was filming for you, yep. and you were draining. And now these didn't appear to be quite three point length, but you were draining at least. I mean, they were they were top of the key type jumpers. Oh, it was top of the key it, and it a was, few it, steps out. Yeah, it was like WNBA three point land. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. were and you were making and you had decent form, and you weren't even in what I would call athletic attire. Well, I was wearing my <laughs> little Converse shoes. Yeah, but um, that's the reason it's not up on Twitter yet is because I was not in athletic attire. Uh-huh. There may have been a small wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. I do have some audio of it if you want to hear it. Sure, can you play that? I, I think I can. All Let's right. see if this works. Uh, Oh, here we go. Yeah, we'll call it the the WNBA range. Oh, and she did. Jason, you can vouch. She made. Oh, the she shot. was. She yeah. It was. It was impressive. Not only did she did she drain the threes, but she's got the uh, the the prowess. She's got yeah. the, the the look of a basketball player. Well, and so this was not like a Biden thing where we needed ninety three takes to get one that we might be able to splice together and use. You made this in a fairly reasonable amount of time i did some warm-ups yeah there that's was, fine there were some there were some layups underneath the basket and then i would take a step yeah, out no, that's fine. and shoot and then another step this out wasn't... and shoot until i got farther and farther away no that's totally fine you, but i'm saying we didn't have to shoot like a hundred shots for you to make one no i okay. mean i didn't make them all sure but no that's fine i also she made was, some she was doing the steph curry thing where he starts at like yeah. the, the layup and backs yeah. up and, yeah. and like mm-hmm. like just like four or five in a row can i tell you how uh much my shoulder hurts this morning 
morning for doing that. <laughs> I told you it would. <laughs> it's been a while. She also made sure I got a video of her crossover dribble. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I was. Yeah, that, that's where I, she showed she had skills. I was making eye contact with you oh, while yeah. I was doing it, oh, it for was sure. Um, I would like to put it up on the social media, but like I said, I was wearing a dress and... <laughs> Well, no. well, no fun of any. Of you any fill kind, in Casey. the blank yeah, there. Very good. Hey, let's talk about what's going on with Elon Musk and uh, his first human patient with a brain chip is, what, implanted. What? <laughs> this Neuralink thing is crazy. The first. No, can you say that again? Whatever you just said. The first human patient implanted with a brain chip from oh, Neuralink. No. Has fully recovered and is able to control. <laughs> He's fully recovered. Recovered from the brain surgery and able to control a computer mouse with just his thoughts. Yes, the, moving okay. things with okay. his mind. This sounds like how it all the beginning of the end, Casey, doesn't it? Yeah. What? Okay. First of all, why would someone do this to themselves? I mean, you're you're putting. Like I, I, those remember several years ago when there were people who were putting chips into their hands or whatever so they could log into their work or get past you know banking bank banking mm-hmm. uh, vend, there was vending machines I think and it was like even putting something in your hand that seemed very risky and probably not going to end well and now we're talking about people putting things into their brain mm-hmm. mind control so Elon- are you too lazy to move like, like right now and you can't see this but if you watch on the YouTube you can see I'm standing. You know, I'm sitting at my computer screen. I'm moving the mouse right now with my hand. Mm-hmm. It seems like a very little effort. It, I mean, I it mean, reminds me of the uh, Tom Cruise movie, what, that Minority Report. Oh yeah, like the pre-crime thought. Yeah, this like, is like, is that where we're going? Okay, so maybe if you were, uh, and I'm not trying to be funny when I say this, is it quadriplegic, mm-hmm. where you can't move any of your extremities? Mm-hmm. Like if you were a Stephen Hawking type of person, mm-hmm. then maybe that would be even again way too risky, and I would never ever do this. But I guess there's some planet where you would say, okay, this would allow things to be done for you. Maybe this would make your quality of life easier. But even then, I think what's in your brain is designed. What's I think God made you so that what's in your brain is it's all kind of there, and all the parts kind of already work the way they're supposed to work. And I really feel like when we start putting chips into our bodies, we're really tempting God. And I don't know about you, Casey. My wife and I had this conversation last night about when God is coming back, and like, will it be during our lifetimes? Will it be after our lifetimes? And I said, you know. I want God to come back when God wants to come back. However, I'd like to live as much of this life as I could before that happens to see my daughter grow up, et cetera. And so I I just think this is kind of tempting God saying when we are now messing with the creator and the creation itself, then that's going to anger God and it's going to interfere in my plan to see my daughter grow up. I just, this seems like a very bad idea, Casey. So Elon Musk said progress is good. The patient seems to have made a full recovery with no ill effects that we're aware of. How would you know? Exactly. He's able to move a mouse around the screen just by thinking. And now they're trying to get as many mouse button clicks as possible from the patient. So they're like... It's like bewitched. You just blink your eyes real hard. Right. Exactly. There's no way this ends well, right? I... There's no way. There's no way this is not in some way... I'll give it 10 years. There's no way within 10 years this is not in some capacity weaponized against society in some shape, form, or fashion. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I just by thinking, you can make things move and... 
what sort of sorcery is this? So Neuralink is valued at about five billion dollars last year. If he can, if he can legitimately make things move with just the blink of your eye or the uh, thought with thought, that's five billion. Not even that's blinking. It? Well, they've only had one patient, Rob. Well, that's true. Not that's twitching your nose. Uh, of course, they've been facing a lot of different calls regarding safety protocols. It's under a lot of scrutiny. It, 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 okay, let's work through this because this this show is basically a three-hour counseling session for me each day. <laughs> and I warned you when you took this job, that's how the thing worked. So you don't have any right to complain. I struggle with this because on one hand, I could see a world where, as we said, people who have an inability to use their extremities, who have had a very depleted quality of life, this may help them be able to do things. Obviously, they wouldn't be able to live an independent life because it's not going to allow you to like change your clothes or whatever. But I could see where that would help them. But is the risk of that, is that even worth what we're talking about here? Because this has, I mean, you're right. Like all these movies, look at, this is how the Minority movies, Report. Yes. yes, exactly. Very futuristic. Uh, who's to say that just by thought, somebody couldn't start moving hazardous materials? Right. But what about if they reversed it? Can they make you like a puppet? Like you can implant Thank this you. into the president of the United States? And Thank you. And then can you start making other people move? You wouldn't Sounds- have to use a teleprompter. They could just tell you what to say. Sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> totally out on this right now. Hey, you want to hear from a puppet? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Your president. Oh, yes. Uh, Biden was getting on a plane. He was out <laughs> with the press gaggle. Uh, they asked him if he was going to California for Plan B for 2024 to talk with Gavin Newsom. Yes, sir. Going to California. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Oh, I'm looking for. I'm looking at you. We're looking at you. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Somebody posted this yesterday, and this was very interesting. They, they, it was a, a, the video of Biden walking to what is it? Is it called Marine One? Yeah, the that, helicopter. The helicopter. And he looked like the robot. Well, that it was a volumeless video of him walking mm-hmm. to the helicopter. And the person was pointing out just all the things that you see him without any distraction. And you realize, oh, my gosh, this feet, take away his talking and the, mm-hmm. the, the things that are in his brain. Just looking at him physically, mm-hmm. you say, oh, my goodness, this poor little elderly old man is the president of the United States. So uh, the representative from Michigan, Debbie Dingle, she's been out on the uh talk shows and she said she's sick and tired of everybody talking about his age me too why don't we get why don't we get him out of there then we don't have to <laughs> well did you hear what he did this morning oh no yeah they canceled 1.2 billion dollars in student of debt for about 153,000 borrowers okay so your your daughter has no student loan debt right correct because it, we saved yeah and and don't you feel totally screwed yeah, like I, I, I did it the way that I yes. was told you were supposed to do it. Right, that's correct. From the time she was born, we put money into an account, we saved. And and this is the conversation I think that people are having. We didn't want her straddled with debt or right. some loan. You screwed yourself. It was your, our gift yes, to her. you screwed yourself. And I could have been taking that money and yes. going on fancy vacations this whole time. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, and my wife and I have this conversation because um, she went to the – same esteemed institute that your your daughter goes to, and she got a, a very nice degree from there, and she's using it in her um, 
in her professional career, and she's obviously making money and contributing to our household. But we talked about, you know, she has some student loan debt. And we talked about, she's like, well, should I just hurry up and pay this off? And I said, well, from an actual planning standpoint, like if you were just to take away the politics of all this, yes, because you pay interest on it, et cetera. However, I said, as someone who loves you and cares about you and is in charge of the finances for our family, I'm going to tell you no, because I think if you wait it out long wait enough, it it'll out. eventually just get canceled. Yeah. Even though we, dis we disagree with that and we think everybody should be paying their debt, you'd be screwing yourself to pay that debt off early because there's a good chance they're just going to keep going. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about people, the, the now people getting the student loan debt canceled who have all the means to pay it back. We're not talking about people who were, you know, in many cases, part of some swindlers university now that are getting debt canceled. It's just... It's ridiculous, Casey, that a that able-bodied people who are working and capable of paying their student loans back are not being required to pay the student loans back. Well, uh, we've already paid the last tuition payment. You know, she's scheduled to graduate in 10 weeks. So It's so impressive you did that in real time because, as I've said before— Not getting that money back. Well, I, I did it. Now, I did it, you know, 15 years—I graduated 15 years ago, and I, it took me six years to do— and I took classes, like part of my classes were at Ivy Tech because it was much more affordable. Those classes would transfer in, into, um, you know, IUPUI. Mm -hmm. And I'm impressed in the modern day, it shows just how filthy rich you actually are, mm. that you were able to do that in real time because it took me six years and you did it. Plus you had room and board and everything else to worry about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mooched off my First look as hey, finger, fing, fingers crossed that she does all right in the statistics, statistics class. Uh huh. And is that it? That's it. And she we'll, waited until her senior year to take statistics. Yeah, it's like this last. You know, it's just a bunch of again. And we had this conversation just the other day when I saw her. All, all of these last classes, except for that stats class, they're all just yeah. So the stats not going towards her degree. They're just these required. You know, classes. Yeah. The stat class is like the last villain at the end of the video game. It's like the main villain. That yeah. would be the main one for me. I told you this. I'm so bad at math. I took logic in college as the math credit, and this is 100% the truth. When I went in there, they asked me, what do you want to major in? And I said, what are my options where you don't have to take math? And they said, these two, now this was again 15 years ago or 17 years ago, whatever it was, these two degrees are the two where we believe logic would apply as your math credit. One of them was uh, general studies. So I said, guess that's the one for me. <laughs> okay. So uh, speaking of college, uh, new college football playoff rules, and we're going to talk about Let's that coming it. up from 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 11 minutes away from 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the uh, college football playoff has approved the five and seven format, which is going to what, reduce spots for the conference champions. It's a whole new format. Change so in the field. The college football playoff is now going to 12 teams. Mm -hmm. It's currently a four and I think what they have found, college football has found a couple different things. One, that um, the other bowl games, it used to be, and you know this, you're a huge sports fan and your husband's a huge sports fan. It used to be that New Year's Day and, you know, the the New Year's Eve were these just colossal days where, they're hey, there was the Sugar Bowl and the Orange Bowl and the mm -hmm. Rose Bowl, and all these games had their own meaning. Well, what they've realized now is that because we've got the top four teams playing in this college football championship – 
the bowl games outside of those, it's really three games. There's two, there's two uh, semifinal games, and then the next week is the national championship. All the other bowls have kind of lost their meaning and a lot of their luster, and they've had this serious issue with star players opting out of these bowl games because they say, wait a second, this game has no meaning. We're not playing for a national championship. I've got an NFL career on the line here. I'm not going to injure myself in the Tostitos Bowl or the <laughs> Cheez-It Bowl or the Pop-Tart, Pop-Tart Bowl or Bowl. whatever they are now. So I'm out. So now you've got these games where nobody knows who a lot of these players are, and you got sponsors that are upset about that. Hey, we paid all this money to sponsor these bowls. We're not getting the best players. So they have, for a variety of reasons, financials being a huge part of it, I'm sure, voted to expand the national championship. It's a tournament now, if you will, to – a 12-team tournament versus the previous four teams. Okay, so does that mean that there's not going to have any – no conference will have automatic access, right? So what they'll do is they'll put the four highest-ranked conference champions as seeds one through four. Well, look, okay, before we get into kind of the – let's read what the NCAA has to say. Under the 12-team playoff format, because this is actually uh, somewhat complicated – and, of course, it's the NCAA, so they had to make it super complicated. Under the 12-team, this comes from the NCAA mm-hmm. website, under the 12-team playoff format that begins this fall, the four highest-ranked conference champions, so mm-hmm. it is conferences still, that is important, right. the four highest-ranked conference champions will be seated one through four, and each will receive a first-round bye, while teams seated five through 12 will play each other in the first round on the home field of the higher-ranked Team. Okay, so that means that even if Notre Dame is the number one team ranked in the country, well, they're not gonna they're gonna get a five seed. Uh, they yeah, won't be one through four because they're not in a conference. And I think this was part of the the hang up. Ouch! Was because you have Notre Dame who has special rules mm-hmm. and always has had special rules, and I think kind of that. But look, and I know it's going to pain you to hear this, Casey. <laughs> because I know you're the big, world's biggest Notre Dame fan. Mm. But the luster and lure of Notre Dame in a world where every game is on cable television now and every yeah. game can be seen and everything's streaming. It used to be Notre Dame was a huge deal because every game is going to be on national television. Right. Every game is going to be on NBC, ABC, CBS. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, And that was the recruiting lure of Notre Dame. Hey, you got a great chance of going to the NFL. It doesn't kind of matter anymore. Notre Dame's just kind of – and they've had – marginal success they've been okay they've been in a couple of the championship games but they weren't close or the championship semifinals but they weren't close they're just kind of a they kind of are a five through 12 program Mm -hmm. right now and so Mm -hmm. i think they are kind of left out in the cold i think uh, a lot of people are saying that the acc would welcome them i don't i they're not going and it doesn't matter to notre dame they don't care about that they don't care that much that they're gonna that they're gonna it's a their television deal is still, and they got all the other sports in the ACC, right? I mean, mm-hmm. aren't aren't basketball. like basketball and I mean, hockey. Is hockey big. Hockey's in the Big Ten. Hockey's. I think hockey. Notre Dame hockey is a Big Ten because ACC doesn't have hockey, Casey. Okay, so it's yeah, you're right. So anyway, my point at all this is, it's going to make it more interesting. They've also kind of eliminated because the argument was, well, look at how much better say. Uh, who is the champion? champion this year was Michigan, right? Look how much better Michigan would be than the number 12 team. This isn't basketball. This is football. They're, they would beat them by 100. They've kind of resolved this a little bit by having this play-in thing and then the buys. I actually think this is kind of an okay way to do this because it will hopefully attract the better players to keep playing. Mm-hmm. It will make more games meaningful, and it will it will have more games that will engage a larger 
audience because let's face it, Notre Dame playing Oregon State this year in the whatever Sun Belt Bowl or whatever that was. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I was passively interested. Mm-hmm. Now this year, Notre Dame was probably a top 12 team. They would play a meaningful, a meaning at least one more meaningful game. But doesn't that also mean that if they were like the five seed, they'd have to win four games sure. in a row to get in? I sure, mean, but that, but that's look. That's you got to draw the line somewhere, and part of it is they want to reward conference champions. They mm-hmm. we have these mega conferences where everybody has moved, and so. Part of that is probably they're saying, look, Notre Dame, if you're going to be this precious independent, you're going to have to win one more game, and that's a a financial move. Notre Dame is clearly, at least for now, we'll see based on these new rules, but at least for now they're willing to make. Okay, I wanted to mention really quick uh, that the State of the Union address is going to be coming up. Do you have that on your calendar? You're going to watch that. That's going to be a you thing, Casey, Mm -hmm. and and, uh, that's uh, going to be part of your employment here at uh, WIBC. (laughs) You know you watch it. You are going to be the one who does that. I will watch it, but I know you will too. Um, And uh, Biden officials say that it's going to be a big public reset moment. Oh yeah, of course. For the right. Biden administration. Yes. Morning again in America, Casey. Mm-hmm. You think it's going to happen? It's going to. I mean, will he even give it? Can he give it? Can he give it? That's a long speech. I know it's all going to be on teleprompter. March seventh. Will he be able to shift any public perceptions? You know what will definitely happen next, though? We need to have a drinking game on that. We got, what, Kurt Darling? It's Kurt Darling in the news. Yeah. Definitely. That's definitely coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.